Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be afraid, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go. Tell his disciples and Peter, He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Of all the Easter stories, Mark's is the most mysterious. The one that leaves us wondering what happened that day. The one that leaves us wanting to know the rest of the story. So Mark's story begins with three women making their way to the tomb. They may have felt like they were sleepwalking as they were still trying to make sense of what happened. Was it real or just a dream? A nightmare. These three women had followed Jesus for years. They had walked with him all the way to the cross. They saw him buried, and now they return to the tomb to finish the job of embalming Jesus' body. Despite their grief and their exhaustion, they wake up before dawn and make their way to the tomb. As they make their way, their feet and their hearts are heavy with grief. But they did what we all have to do when grief visits. We wake up and take one step and then another. And we keep doing what we have to do. But can you even imagine the thoughts racing through their minds as they walked to the tomb? What will we find? How will we move the stone? How can we look at the body of Jesus again? Their eyes are still red from crying because they thought, they thought, they thought that Jesus was the one. They believed with everything that they had that Jesus was the Messiah. But the Messiah doesn't die. Were they wrong? When they arrived at the tomb, the huge stone was rolled away. Unbelievable. The tomb looked empty and abandoned. So they looked around the corner and they saw not his broken, lifeless body as they left it on Friday but a young man wearing a white robe 
And he tells them to not be afraid. Unbelievable. But after everything these women had lived through, the only thing they could feel was afraid. Afraid of the government. Afraid of the religious leadership. Afraid of each other. Afraid of the future. Afraid of this strange man wearing a white robe. And the man says, he has risen. He is not here. Well, the he is not here part was pretty clear. The place where they laid him was empty. But he has risen? Unbelievable. So they turned away and left because they were afraid. Now, let me ask you. If you were going to set out to prove something that seemed unbelievable, what would you do? Because Mark had that overwhelming task to tell a dramatic story that was unbelievable in every sense of the word. The grief, the pain, the political intrigue, the deceit, the betrayal, the broken promises, the shattered dreams, the angel, the stone, the crucified Savior. Risen. Unbelievable. And whatever it is that you do to tell an unbelievable story so that people believe it, Mark doesn't do it. All those details that could help us, convince us, persuade us, they're missing. I mean, here we are on Easter Sunday celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And it seems like Mark left out some important points. It's like Mark forgot a couple of essentials, like we see in the other Gospels. Like an appearance of Jesus. To Mary near the tomb. The enthusiastic rush of the women and Peter and John to run and tell everyone what the angel said that Jesus is alive. But Mark doesn't even add in any post resurrection appearances of Jesus. No. Not here in Mark. Here in Mark, there's only one little guy in a white robe. And he says, Jesus is risen. And the women did not run to tell everyone what they now knew. They didn't tell anyone because they were afraid. Of course they were afraid because everything that they had been through this week had been so overwhelming and completely exhausting and what they seen and what they just heard was unbelievable. So what was Mark thinking? Because all this time Mark has been telling the story of Jesus with enthusiasm. Remember, Mark is the gospel writer who uses the words immediately and then to give us a sense of urgency, to move the story forward, because there's nothing calm or standstill about Mark's account of Jesus' life. 
It's all marching forward and racing to the end. And now we have this ending. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Why? Why would Mark write such an inspiring and compelling account about the life and ministry of Jesus and end like this? Why wouldn't he include all those appearances of Jesus and every expression of faith by his followers and include every ounce of proof that the unbelievable actually happened? Because the truth is, Believing is hard. And the truth is, we need all the help that we can get to believe that this man, Jesus, died. That he was crucified and dead. Spirit given up. Gone. Dead. 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 Like we died. And then defied the grave and rose again. But the way that Mark leaves things is, well, it's not that easy. It's like we want to jump through the pages and grab Mark and shake him and say, Help us. Give us all you can because this is unbelievable. And here we are. Easter Sunday. On the most triumphant day of our faith. This is the day where we celebrate Jesus defeating death and pain. And did Mark mean to end the story here? With Jesus' followers being afraid for their lives? And confused and bewildered by what happened that they ran away? Is this really an ending? No, because this isn't the end. Because if that morning, some 2,000 years ago, was the end, then what we would have here is a nice story. A nice story about a great man who challenged a political system. A nice story about a man who loved and healed people. A nice story about a man who rose from the dead in a way that defied the laws of nature as we know them. What we would have would be a nice fairy tale to tell our children at bedtime. What we would have would be a nice piece of history. Something that we could pull off the shelf once a year and dust off and read and then tuck away again until next year. But you see, Mark knew this wasn't the end of the story. In order for it to be believable at all, this had better be just the beginning. The only way that those fearful followers believed the only way they finally understood that Jesus was who he said he was, the only way that the unbelievable became real to them was 
by allowing the story to reach its way into their lives until it changed them. Until they were compelled to finish the story for themselves with their very lives. And today, I'm afraid the only way that we're going to be able to believe the unbelievable is the same way. We're going to have to finish the story ourselves. So what difference does the risen Christ make in your life? Easter is not about new clothes. It's not about ham. It's not about eggs. It's not even about lilies or candles or beautiful music. This is about the fact that life is hard. That death and pain and uncertainty and fear and injustice and war are here, right here, part of our lives all the time. So what good is it to go around once a year retelling a fairy tale if it doesn't mean anything? What good is it to preach a story that is unbelievable? Well, let me tell you, we're not here because we want to recount every post-resurrection appearance of Jesus or to try to bring back the accounts of those first disciples. We're not here to uncover archaeological evidence of resurrection. We're here because we're human. And we hurt because we want hope for our lives. Because we know that to finish this story means that we have to allow the resurrected Christ to enter our lives and to transform our pain and our fear and to give us new life and relationship with God. We're here because we have turned from the tomb in utter defeat and crippling fear. And despite that, we have the end of this story to tell. We're here because we have seen it. We want to see the living power of the resurrected Christ in our lives and in our world. And what was once so strange and unbelievable has now become an urgent proclamation for us. Not of some ancient, dusty text, but of our here and now lives. Mark had it right. We're a little bit like those women at the tomb that morning. We've heard that message. He is not here. He is risen. And we're tempted to look around at each other in disbelief. Do you believe this? Do you really believe this? How can this be? And that's okay. Because what happens next is the real power of the Easter story. When we turn and we leave this place, will the risen Savior take up residence in our hearts and shape us, change us, renew us, transform us because, you see, Christ is risen.
the story continues. Something happened after that morning at the tomb. The women left too scared to say anything to anyone. But in less than 50 years, the entire world changed because of this story. Because of Jesus' radical mandate to love each other. And his offer of direct connection to God. And the healing grace of his death and resurrection changed the women at the tomb. And changed the world. Because those women had the courage to finish the story. And it didn't stop there. Because the story continues. The story of new life and relationship with God is a story that continues. It happens over and over again in my life, in your life, in the lives of people all over this world. People who believe so much that death is not the end. That there is more to this story. And that it's our job to gather our wits about us along with our hopes and our dreams and our fears and our failures and turn from this unbelievable sight to live out the ending. Death is not the final word. We have new life in Christ. He has risen. He is not here. That's only the beginning of the story. And now it's our, it's our opportunity to turn from the empty tomb, maybe fearful, maybe unsure, and allow the power of the resurrected Christ to enter our lives and transform us. Until we're compelled, until we're driven to finish this story. We can't rest until the message of Jesus changes us. And through us, impacts our world. What an unbelievable story. It began early that morning when three women, exhausted and filled with grief, made their way to the tomb. It began there. But here's the most unbelievable thing of all. The end is ours to live.